You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 96. I'm talking to Adam McLaughlin about what to do when you're overwhelmed as a communication director. It's part one. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now let's join your host, Seth Muse, because that's how all of this works. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I am Seth. I'm really glad to be with you. And today I have, I'm have i really, really excited about uh, my guest and what we, we're going to discuss. Um, I got today uh, my friend Adam McLaughlin to come back on the show. Now, Adam was my very first guest ever on this show, and uh, he's been back a couple of times. So I guess we could call him a repeat offender. But Adam is back because recently he wrote an article that just really, really resonated with so many communication directors. And he even told me he got so many hits on his blog because of that article that how many times it was shared and he just really it just really hit a nerve with a lot of communication directors and um it was one of those things where you read something and go yes that is what i've been feeling that is how it is sometimes i haven't been able to articulate it and you go this is what i wish i could have just said and it's also one of those articles you sometimes kind of go I can't really say that to people and I wish I could. And, but he said it, it's really nice that he's done this for us to give a voice to some of these things because, you know, sometimes there's misunderstanding in what we're trying to convey. And, uh, it's one of these articles that really just explains what it, uh, the experience of a communication pastor or director at a church or volunteer is like, and it really is different than anything else that's ever happened in the church. We've never had this level of publicity, this level of communication, this level of uh, uh, this this amount of tools available to us, and uh, it's a it's a changing landscape. There's all kinds of things that are going on at once that make the communication directors, you know, where they sit in stress, a little bit different than say someone who does not sit in this world. And if you're not thinking about social media, you're not thinking about communication, you're not thinking about uh, email marketing and how to get a message clearer or creating slides and graphics and videos. And, and you're not in the creative space on that side and you're a teacher or you're a leader and that's not really what you do. You don't really mess with this kind of stuff there. There's obviously a lot of similarities, but there's some things about what we do that are different. And, and and part of the the goal here is not to really go, Hey, show us, we want to show you just kind of how, how hard it is. So you'll feel sorry for us. That's not it. That's not it at all. We really just want to start this conversation to help understand that there are things you might see as a, as a pastor or a leader, seeing a communication person, you may see us do things or hear us say things or, 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 uh, watch us and observe us and feel like there's something going on that maybe isn't. And we want to help you understand kind of what we're going through so that there can be a little empathy uh, our way. At the same time, we're trying to understand the pastoral world. Now, I was a pastor for almost 17, 18 years, and I was in worship ministry and youth ministry, and and I've kind of done a lot of different things there. So I remember when I was in that space, I understood a little bit more 
of this world probably than most, but I was not thinking about it, man. I was not worried about social media. I was not thinking about uh, graphics unless it was something I had to make for tonight, you know, or as last minute, I wasn't thinking ahead. I definitely wasn't thinking strategy. I was just trying to get it done. So I get that, man. And I wanted just to say up front a few things about this episode, because I don't want anybody to feel like this is an attack on anyone. It's not, not at all. It is simply an, a, an attempt to start a conversation between those who work in the communication space and those who do not. And that is simply it. I think Adam had some really incredible things to say in this article. So I want to go a couple of caveats here. First of all, I want to say personally that this conversation has nothing to do with anything going on with me in my job, in my life, et cetera. I just thought this was a great article. Now I feel these things sometimes, but that does not mean that anything's going on with me personally. It feels this way right now, or I'm trying to make a point with anybody or anything like that. I'm not. So I just want to make that really clear because I have a job and I work in this space. And just like I said before, there's sometimes things I wish people understood about what we're going to discuss that they don't. And I can't really say it because then I look like an idiot or a jerk or something, you know, or a whiner. And I really don't want to get into that. So I just want to say up front, this is not really about anything that's going on with me. Um, I just, it resonated really well with so many people that I felt like we needed to talk about this. And the other thing is I, I understand that the pastoral pastor's world has a lot of stress and, and it is public. And I get that. And there is, uh, there is that element and similarities in what we deal with, but I hope that in the conversation, you're going to see that there is a different level of public uh, especially when it comes to making mistakes for the communication director, that is just something that that uh, that only we really deal with. That's not it's it's unique to us, and so we'll talk about that a little bit in one of the, in either this episode or the next. And uh, I, we just want to really explain this world. Now it's going to be in two parts because when Adam and I got together, we just talked about everything and we really went for it. And the full episode was about an hour and a half. <laughs> so that is too long. And so we're going to cut this thing in half, maybe into thirds, probably, probably in half and uh, try to cover it that way. I'm giving a little bit more intro this time. Next time we're just going to jump right in, but uh, it's going to be two parts. Now, last thing I need to say, a few housekeeping things. I hope that you'll try, uh, try out some of my videos over on YouTube. Go check that out. Sethmuse.com slash YouTube and uh, watch some of those videos. Give it a like, give it a you know, subscribe. Um, I'm really trying to build that platform over there and, and build content. That video platform, I think, is kind of what's taking a little bit of the place of my blog. I don't know if you've noticed, I really have been writing a lot lately. I've been writing for other people. I've been writing my podcast out a little bit more and doing some more stories and, and spending my time that way. And um, I haven't really been writing articles as much. So I'm kind of going to the video route with that. So you're going to see some of that content type of content, the how to the three ways to do whatever kind of stuff. I'll start doing that more on YouTube and I, I'm having a lot more fun with that. That is a really fun, um, outlet for me. Uh, so go check that out. And then last, I just hope that you'll, uh, um, support some of the things that I'm doing and go to the store that I have set up, uh, sethmuse.com slash store. And I've got t-shirts and merch and some really funny shirts. And I've got several more coming in, in the next few days that I'm really excited about that are funny that have to do with just kind of communications, inside jokes and things like that, as well as some branded things like the Truth Bomb uh, logo for the Seminary of Hard Knocks. If you didn't know, that's what that was. The Truth, the bomb, the bomb was from Nintendo from 1986. It was the little guy with the feet and the bomb and it would run up to you and blow up. 
And uh, so that's our truth bomb. Uh, that's our little logo guy. And uh, Craig Bunk is a friend of mine. He designed that for me. And uh, there's also a Troll Slayer t-shirt in there that looks like a Nintendo game box cover from the 80s that he also designed. And it's just killer. It looks so cool. Um, but that church conference is coming up and I'm going to wear that. And, and when I, when I speak and, um, kind of unveil that, what that looks like, but you can go get it right now on, uh, sethmuse.com and check out the store. So, um, let's get into this conversation today because we've got a lot to cover and this is going to be a little bit longer episode than, than most. So bookmark this, make sure you come back to it. If you can't finish it in your drive, uh, Adam has some incredible things to add to the conversation that will help you articulate some of these things. And I really think it's beneficial for pastors and for communication directors to, to kind of start discussing the uniqueness of what we do and help us kind of have this conversation about this is what it, this is what's really going on. We're not just being lazy or we're not being mean, or we're not just saying no all the time for no reason. It's just, we're here. Here's what we're trying to go for. And I think the way that Adam phrases things and puts things into perspective really does bridge the gap with vocabulary. Cause sometimes we'll, we speak different languages in these, in these arenas. And I think it really does help, uh, bridge that gap to, to foster some good conversation and dialogue. So I hope you guys enjoy this and here it is, Adam McLaughlin, everybody. Well, Hey everybody, I am here with my friend, Adam McLaughlin. Adam is the owner of Fresh Idea Marketing at freshideamarketing.com, where they believe consistency builds trust and help clients build trust through branding, marketing, and advertising. He's the author of multiple eBooks and free resources for churches, such as Trust Glue, 11 Ways Your Church's First Impression Can Help People Stick Around, and Huddle Up, Five Essential Players on Your First Impression Team. And you can connect with him on Twitter at Adam underscore McLaughlin. Please welcome my good friend, Adam McLaughlin. How's it going, man? Hey, Seth, thank you so much for having me on. This is a, a true honor. Hey, you've been a regular on this show. Um, and uh, it's, it's, always, it's always good to have you back because it feels like, you know, you and I have had very uh, kind of parallel journeys through the church communications world and, and tend to end up in different places, but still very similar yeah. experiences somehow in some of those ways. So uh, it's, always been, it's always fun to catch up with you, man. Love you, connecting, man. Yeah. Are you still traveling? about the country or is that that stage of life over? Yeah, no, we are. Um, we, uh, started traveling full time in a travel trailer. My wife and I and our three boys, um, in a 29 foot travel trailer, uh, because I just wanted to push the limits of my marriage right? yeah. and see how far we could really survive each other. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. We, we were, uh, got on the road in August of 2018 and, uh, at this point in time, we're, we're going to keep traveling. So we cool. don't necessarily have a clear end in sight. And as you're traveling, you're visiting churches, you're kind of talking to different people. You're meeting a lot of people in the church communication space and connecting with them. I know I saw you, go to, yeah. you went down to Lakewood and saw J- Justin Brackett down there, a mutual friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then where else have you been that's kind of notable that, that people would recognize it. Uh, I saw Rob Lauder at okay. Summit in uh, Raleigh. Uh, we went to Elevation Church. Uh, we went to Saddleback Church. Um, we've tried to hit kind of the kind of the big names and then also kind of filling in the gaps in between, right? So 
you know, we, you know, the reality is we could have spent four years in Dallas, Fort Worth and been to a different church every week. So, you know, there's some things you have to do to kind of pick and choose, That is, um, but it's been a lot of fun. We've been uh, first time guests at 32 churches so far. And so working on some resources, I can't tell you too much publicly okay. about what's coming, but uh, working on some resources from churches about what we've learned about being first time guests at all these churches. That's awesome. And I know you write a lot about it at adammclaughlin.com.net. Dot net. net. It's like the that's silver right. medal of domain names. Yeah. That's our church's, yeah. our church's domain is .net. All of them are .net. They're, yeah, they're if so anybody much- knows the guy who owns the .com, please, please reach out. <laughs> they're, uh, they're so much cheaper, the .net. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. Depends on what, what it is. Man, I don't know about you, but I... Like so many people, I don't want to get political, but when Joe Biden messed up his website address in the last debate, I wonder how many of them were like me. It went straight to GoDaddy to see if that URL was available that he'd said. Yeah, apparently there were people who registered it uh, in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) There were people who went and registered that .com like within a few minutes and then redirected it to whichever candidate they favored. Yep. That's what I was going to redirect it to my site and go, Hey, communication is a problem for some people, but if it's a problem for you, I can help you, you know, and that kind of something stupid like that. I was ready, man. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of it so much faster, but as soon as he said it, I was like, Oh man, anyway, that's just kind of a side note, but communications is, uh, is where we live. It's how we think it's what we do. And so you recently right. wrote an article that I felt was pretty profound about the experience of the communication director. And that's where I really want to get into today. Um, it was about being overwhelmed, how the communication director sometimes seems overwhelmed, but that's not because they're lazy or because they're not good at it. It's just the nature of our job. And they, you went into seven, right. um, seven considerations t- about this. But before we get into right. that, why did you feel like those things needed to be said? Um, I, I can't, I, I've kind of heard this happening. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words and that typically never happens. So, no uh, that's all right. This article is genuinely close to my heart. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot about it in, you know, people reply to me in, in my email newsletter or they'll message me on Facebook or message me on Instagram or uh, just generally speaking, um, mm-hmm. you know, we see in, in the Facebook groups, people saying, you know, I'm at the end of my rope because of this uh, over and over. And, and I think just putting it in writing and saying, here are, seven things that are pushing at us from all directions. Now they're not excuses to not do our job. They're Mm -hmm. not excuses to, uh, you know, throw our hands up in the air. Um, what I really wanted to do is help pastors and leaders understand the pressures that are regular in our world. And that's kind of why I framed it. Uh, you know, it's like a letter to pastors basically. And I start the blog post with dear pastors. Uh, you know, here's what you've probably seen from your communications person and here's why, and here's how you can help or mitigate, or at least acknowledge that you get that this is happening. Yeah. And that's that you, you mentioned it's written to pastors. That's interesting as well. I mean, for for you and I, we often write to our audience who are mostly communicators and it's like, this is a twist around say, Hey, pastors, if you're not in communications, here's some things that you need to know about your communication director. And I think that's really helpful because um, what I experience as well, when I talk to my list and my people email me back and I, I get in my Facebook group and we talk, one of the things I, one of the themes that I notice is there is a real relational and understanding disconnect 
between the world of a communication director and the world of the pastoral leadership. And right. it's not anybody's fault. It's really just, there's just a lot of ignorance, to be honest. We just don't understand what each other are going through. You know, the, like, and even for the communication director, like we don't understand sometimes what the pastor's going through and how they're thinking and how little they really care about social media and things like that. And we are like, that's what we care about. And how, how can you not care about this? You know, and it's like, we, we have these two very different sets of, of, um, I don't say priorities. I think our priorities are the same, but it's like tools to get the job done, you know, and, and understand yeah. how we're getting the job done and the job being reaching people with the gospel. So I feel like there's a, there's a lot of growth to be had here in this conversation. So that's why I was really right. thankful for this article. I think it really does start the conversation of, you know, we've seen the pastoral role for years, centuries, we kind of know what that's about, but the communication role is really new and, and everything right. you mess with is new. So it's really helpful conversation. So I, I really wanted to get into these seven considerations about the communications world for, for this, for the sake of this conversation and, uh, and talk with how can pastors and communicators go forward. So I'll just go through each one. We'll talk about them and then yeah. what they are. And then you can kind of give some of the uh, how to of how to kind of get started bridging those gaps. Right. Sure. Cool. So let's talk about the first, you, you started laying this out. Number one as the vertical, the communication leader is middle management. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So if you write down a typical organization chart, you probably have your lead pastor, maybe your executive pastor, maybe some kind of leadership team that's at the top of the executive uh, or at the top of the organizational chart. And then somewhere in the middle, you're going to have your communications person. Um, you know, they're also probably in line with maybe your worship leader, depending on where they sit in the chart, maybe your kid's pastor. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of these are staff positions. Some of these are going to be volunteer positions, depending on your church and priorities and all those types of things. And then at the bottom of the organization chart, or basically the, the largest base of who actually fulfills what's going on at your church is going to be like your support staff, your volunteer team. Right. Um, and you know, in every church, I'm, I'm going to throw out the word every, uh, the sure. volunteer base is probably larger than the staff. I mean, I think that's probably a healthy structure to have. Right. So, yeah, sure. So I mean, that, that's the only way that, a lot of churches can get things done. You know, you got to have, right. So your, so your communication person is responsible for, um, directives that come top down mm -hmm. as well as helping with people who they lead in a volunteer role. So that's what kind of puts us in middle management. Right. You, you said something here. It's, um, I want to I read this quote because I thought this was really great. It says that we're often, um, it, it can be taxing when we have an idea how to best communicate something, which channel to use, or how to position an announcement, but we're often considered robots following directions about how, when, and where from someone who may not understand our tools rather than considering us creatives who specialize in understanding our tools and presenting ideas in a unique way. Can you talk about that a little bit? Are we robots? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I hope we're not robots. I'm no. not a robot. I'm definitely um, not. So, so if you're a communication person, uh, then you, you know what you're doing. You're learning about what you're doing. You're growing in, in what you do. Mm -hmm. And you are, you really should know the tools that you're using. Like you should know Facebook better than anybody else on your staff. Right. Or you should know Instagram or your email marketing or at least be able to strategize as far as content goes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I got a communication from somebody who said, like, I'm at the end of my rope. Um, something urgent just came up in church. And my pastor told me that 
without compromise, I need to put, you know, a graphic on Facebook and I need to put in the comment, we need you to like, comment and share this graphic so more people see it, which of course tanks your algorithm in Facebook, right? It has the exact opposite effect. And so this person, you know, they said to me, you know, do I do what my pastor said, like a robot, even though it's going to tank our algorithm? Or do I do what I know is best and ask an engaging question and, you know, put some money into it and boost it or whatever needs to be done? And I said, you need to go have a conversation with your pastor. Yeah. And um, they said, we can't, it's urgent. And I, I said, then it, it's that much more important, right? So right. the best time to have a conversation is when something's not urgent. The right. second best time is now. Yeah. So uh, you still need to have a conversation. Say, I can do what you'd like. Um, however, here's what I know about Facebook. Mm-hmm. And what's your decision about this? Yeah. Um, so that's just an example where you know, the, the intuitive thing is to ask people to like, comment, and share and spread the message because we need everybody to know about this right now. Um, however, understanding the tools recognizes that, that Facebook doesn't like when you use those words yeah. and you're actually really going to hurt your exposure. Yeah, and, I and think so that's, I think that's... Sorry, go ahead. No, I, th- I think that's just a lot of the times where some people feel like leadership's giving them instructions and they're a robot. So, mm-hmm. you know here's what you need to type into the Facebook message. And then this is what, you know, the robot goes and actually types it into the message. And yeah. I, um, which that's the definition I, I of micromanagement. Have to take the, yeah. I mean, really and and I think, yeah. And so, uh, you know, if there are pastors listening, if you don't trust your communications person to understand the tools, you may have legitimate reasons for not trusting them. Um, but you need to get somebody you trust in that position and yeah, or get them that trained. could be a hard Right. Yeah, exactly. So that could be, you know, you get them the training they need to get into that position. There are tons of really great online learning opportunities specifically geared to churches, specifically geared to social media. I mean, like it depends where it is. You And so you either need to get that person the training they need, or you need to have some real life conversations with them. Right. And I think that's really great. Um, you know, some practical ways that we can bridge that gap, have the conversation. Um, we are middle management a lot of times. And so we have to find ways to have conversations with our leadership that, you know, not only leverages our expertise, but does it in a way that is helping them see that we are here to help. You know, I think a lot of right. times it's, it comes across as like territorial or that, uh, you know, this is my thing. You don't understand it. So shut up. And that's not it. You know, it's just, you're telling me to do something that will not work. And, and then you're going to hold me responsible for when it doesn't. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about communication middle management? Uh, well, I just want to jump in right here on early in the conversation to say, I didn't write this as a reason for church communications people to kind of shrug it off and say, yeah, my leadership doesn't get me. So yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wrote this so that people recognize in our communications world that we're not alone. You know, we're, we're all dealing with similar struggles. And there have been some, some people who have done a really great job at figuring out how to still work within that pressure, right? Yeah. And so I, I never want this to become an excuse. And I wrote it to pastors, again, not so that they not to justify or create an entitlement for their church communications person, but so that the pastor can at least understand what that pressure feels like 
right. and have a conversation, right? So mm-hmm. I'm hoping the, the article leads to a lot of conversations and not mm-hmm. leads to people submitting their resignations. Yeah, me too. And I think what we're gathering from this being middle management, um, you have to learn how to have the hard conversations in a good way. You have to be, it can't just be that I'm good at this and you're not. That can't be the conversation. It has to be, you're a coach part of the time and you're coaching your leadership to understand what's going on here. Um, they can't know what you don't really tell them. And, uh, and so I think that's a good, that's a good takeaway from this. Let's talk about the second one. Uh, that's the vertical, the horizontal. Um, it says we primarily serve other departments. So talk about that consideration. Well, I mean, a big thing of a big part of what we do in church communications is we're helping, uh, you know, the youth department create a video or we're helping the kids department create a, a handout or a flyer, or we're updating the website with events for our small groups, or we're creating a small group catalog or creating a, a page mm-hmm. on our app so that small groups can have registrations and be listed. I mean, you know, not everything we do serves other departments directly, but a lot of what we do serve other departments directly. Right. So, you know, it would be wonderful and beautiful if every department on an equal rotation always came to us with the same amount of work. And then that way, right. we, uh, and with you know, plenty we of time could, to do it. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. So nice. And then that way we could just set aside two hours per week to serve other departments and they could be on a rotation or something. Right. Um, however, in the real world, this comes in ebbs and flows, right? All of a sudden, we've got VBS at the same time as a missions trip at the same time as we're getting ready to print our new small group catalog, right? And, and it all happens at once. And we have all different departments, you know, justifiably, depending on us to create content that matches our brand. And uh, when we're really intentional about what our brand is and what that looks like, we don't just want them doing it themselves. So we kind of do need our own hands in that process to some degree. Yeah. And so there is kind of a tension there. I mean, there is right. times where you're pulled tighter than other times um, as we are serving other departments in the church. Whoever is working in the youth department, for instance, you know, they might have all different things. They have to counsel a student, they have to prepare a message, and they have to make sure worship's going to happen and right. make sure they have snacks for, but it's all in the category of youth. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they need to know hypersensitive to what's going on in youth. And, you know, maybe they heard about VBS in the background, or maybe the room's not available one night, so they're going to play games outside because VBS is set up. Yeah. But for in our world in communications, we have to have our ear to the ground in everything, yep. right? Everything has to come through us. We have to know what's going on. And, and like you said, we can't just uh, necessarily wait for the kids pastor to give us our VBS design the week ahead because we might realize that takes six weeks. You know, maybe even yep. the printer's turnaround is two weeks we can't necessarily expect the kids pastor to know that. So exactly. we have to be proactive in pursuing, you know, Hey, just a heads up. VBS is coming. We know it's coming on these dates and we also are promoting it, but we also need all this artwork or we need your dates and times by a month ahead. Yeah. Um, and, and that can translate to a pastor who doesn't get that part of it uh, as really annoying. And, you know, we're, we're yeah. asking way far ahead. I'm not even thinking about that yet. And we're like, well, you should be. And it's cause of this tension that really is like, well, in our world, if you want these things, 
here's what has to happen. And it just takes that conversation ahead of time. And I think you're right. We have to initiate that because we do serve so many other departments. It's like, yeah. dude, I'm doing VBS that week. If you're thinking you're going to wait the week before and ask for a sticker or something, it ain't happening. <laughs> you know? It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm here to tell you, I'll do what I can, but that's probably not happening. So uh, I think there's a lot of value in that as we serve other departments. Um, lots right. of different things going on. And we end up disappointing somebody somewhere. Yeah. Usually. Yeah, that's, so if you tough. have one spot for a banner in your in your foyer or your entrance lobby, you you've got to decide which one banner goes there, right? Mm-hmm. If you only have three announcement slots and you have five people who want announcements, you have to decide what you're not going to announce. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes there's understanding in that, and sometimes there isn't. Right. <laughs> but you know, for uh, you know, let's say a lead pastor, and I know this is an oversimplification. Maybe you can give us a better insight since you've been in a pastoral role before, but you know, a lead pastor might lead staff meeting. They're going to have one-on-one meetings with key leaders. They're going to maybe do some counseling with some families during the week. And they're going to prepare a message for Sunday and a curveball might be like a wedding or a funeral. Right. Um, you know, if, if they're busy this week, like all of a sudden a funeral comes up, they just reschedule a meeting. We can't just all of a sudden reschedule our print schedule um, because you know, five things came up this week. Right. So it, it affects every, it's a domino effect. If you move one thing, you move everything. And, right. And you know, there's, and, 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 and during slow season, you know, like summertime, maybe after camp's over, it's, it's a little easier to kind of throw those last minute projects on. But, right. um, you know, later it's, it's not, and we're about to talk about that in just a second, but uh, give us some pointers on how to bridge this gap with pastors and communicators on uh, serving other departments, get them to understand each other. Yeah. So I think uh, one thing that's really helpful is to give all of your departments some really clear timelines. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you, you can't necessarily expect that the kid's pastor knows it takes two weeks to print a sign. Right. Um, but you could say, you know, if you need a sign, then we need to know about it six weeks ahead so we can get a proof to you four weeks ahead so that we can get approval done to get it to the printer two weeks ahead so that we can get the sign and post it up the last week before the event. Um, you, you know, you can, you can create kind of that schedule, you know, something like we need an event added to the website. We can do that in three business days, or we could do that in five business days, or we can do that same day. It depends what your, your workflow looks like, but create a strategy where you say, Hey, here are all the things you're probably going to need in a year. You know, let's have our Christmas planning done by the last week of October and let's have our Easter planning done by the, by the first week of February. Um, whatever Mm -hmm. those things look like. And then as a, you know, now I'm speaking to pastors, as a pastor, you, you need to support your communications person in that timeline. So you can't just call a veto, you know, a week out that you need a sign. You're, you're number one, if you if your signage guy can print it, you're going to pay rush fees. Then you're going to, you're going to put up the the sign like too late for anybody to notice it before the actual event happens. Mm -hmm. And you're also just going to cause stress on your communications team. And you're going to set a precedent that people can come to you and you'll go ahead and veto your communications department. So, you know, in, in an extreme case or in an urgent case, don't promise anything. Go have a conversation with your communications team. Yeah. And if they can make it work, I guarantee they will. Right. And, um, that's, and that's the heart of the communication team, really. It's not to say no. It's to try to say yes. 
And, you know, sometimes, sometimes we need to say yes to a different idea, you know, or a different way of doing it. But right. it's like, there's a reason that we have, you know, we work in the, in the circles that we work in is so that you don't have to know this stuff because this is a burden. Yeah. It is a burden to know all these details and have to sift right. through them all because there's a ton of moving parts. And so when you're like, let's just make a sign. Well, okay, here's the eight step process <laughs> of that, you know, that really sure. is, I, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to hear about it. That's fine. I don't want to talk about it, hear about it either, but this is what we got to do. It doesn't change yeah. anything. So, um, or sometimes maybe that $200 that, you know, we urgently need to put in a sign, we're yes. going to pay the rush fee, you know, let's create a Facebook ad and let's use the 200 bucks to reach, you know, people like starting this afternoon, you know, maybe there's a different way to get the solution that you're right. looking for. And your communications person who specializes in understanding those tools is going to be able to you know, have that conversation. So yeah. I would suggest that pastors just really need to support the timelines and have conversations, not make promises on behalf of, you know, the right. team. And sometimes if we do have a little bit of leeway, but we can't accomplish it, you know, outsourcing it to another print shop or, you know, you know, print some print company or whatever that you can turn it around fast um, for a little extra money, if they're willing to pay it, you know, then yeah, that's an option too. So it's like, right. just, we have options. It's not just do it or don't do it. There's, there's a lot, right. that conversation with pastors and communication leaders is really important because we're going to creatively solve the issue that you have and it's going to work and we'll try to help you get it done. Um, right. You know, and, and, and that goes for all departments, you know, just like we really want to serve you well. We really want you to have what you need because you, you presenting the gospel to someone is just as important to us as it is to you. So we want to make sure you have everything you need to do that really well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll throw in a quick example. I know we're probably going longer than you anticipated by point two, but uh, at one point in time when I was in church communications, I forgot to create content for a youth event that was coming up, and uh, it's it slipped my mind. Anyway, our youth guy was really great. He came to me. He goes, Adam this has to get promoted. We have to get signups now for, I think it was a missions trip. And I forgot to announce that the deadline was coming up. And so he goes, what are our, our options? And we need something this afternoon. So I said, listen, I will do whatever you'd like on a Facebook live video in order to get enough attention. And he ran into the kid's closet and he grabbed a minions costume. And I put on a minions <laughs> costume. You can find it somewhere. You can find it somewhere. I put on a Minions costume and I did a Facebook live and video. And I will look. <laughs> uh, announce, uh, this is going to be in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> I did a Facebook live video in a Minions costume to grab enough attention that we could get people. And they actually exceeded their registrations they were looking for for that event. So, awesome. you know, we're here and we've got options and, and we, we know how to use tools. Even if we've dropped the ball, we can, we can make this up. We can make this happen. Yeah. And that's, that's so great. I'm definitely looking for that video after this. Um, so let's look at consideration number three. How long does that really take? Our to-do right. list is long um, because the video is, you said something like, because the video is a minute long, it's not just pressing record on your phone for one minute and now you're done. Right. You know, it's the, you compared it to planning a sermon that's 45 minutes long, 40 minutes long. It takes you three, five, six, 20 hours, whatever it is to prepare that message depending on your workflow as a pastor. And that's just right. for a 40 minute presentation. It's like very similar. A lot of the things we do have that kind of depth. So talk a little bit more about this issue that we often struggle with between pastors and communicators. 
Yeah, I think my favorite kind of approach is, is to look at, you know, a, not a Facebook Live video, but a published video or a well-produced video. And roughly speaking, a talking head video, you know, like announcements with uh, mm-hmm. maybe some title graphics and some music um, and ahead of time. I mean, not being a, a video guy myself, so I'm sure video guys can get this a little bit faster, but I would basically assume a minute uh, a finished product would take an hour of production. So if we're talking about a four minute announcement video, it's about four hours of production. Yeah. And just that conversation alone with a lot of leaders is like mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we re- we have to have some real conversations about how long does it take? Right. So if somebody goes, well, I could just open my Facebook and I can, you know, basically send a text message and prick hit publish and, and it creates a status. Yes, but what you're not considering is the bigger overall picture of what we're strategizing to communicate today, this week, this month, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the words we're using and and the terminology. And again, not to be technical, but we're doing it because we love the church and we love what the church looks like publicly and and we want our our best foot forward. And so, you know, yeah, it, it might take 20 minutes to create the proper image and craft a status update for Instagram. And, you know, if you're disappointed, then, you know, sit with me and let me show you, right. Here's the thought I'm putting into it. Here's why I'm choosing this picture. It's interesting. I was, I was just thinking about this um, a second ago that when I first came here as the leader of a communications team, I had four people, that worked with me and you know, all of our task lists are in Asana. So I can see what everybody's working on and what I'm working on and you can tell, and and we don't have the time tracking thing or anything like that going on. But um, in a day's time, I started to feel guilty because I've got a designer who sits at her desk and just makes stuff all day. And she's a machine. She can crank it out. She'll knock out 30 or so tasks a day. And, and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And I will have accomplished two, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what did I do today? And, and when I started looking at what I'm doing, it's my, my one task requires me to have a meeting, create a piece of content, you know, organize uh, a group of people over here, you know, it's big picture. And so I'm having a lot of moving parts under that one thing. So my one thing that I'm doing took a couple of days to accomplish. And one of her things is make a button for the, for the app. And she knocks that all that out real quick, you know, and cause right. she's got all the parts she needs. She's real good at it. She's fast and bam, she's done. And then she's on to the next thing. And she's got all these things just lined up. She has all this, all the assets she needs. She has all the graphics she needs. She has all the info she needs. It's kind of like she's where every, the funnel hits and, and pinpoints to her with all of our other stuff we're making. She makes it something. Like we make right. the, the logo, she puts it on the stuff, you know? And so um, she's kind of our last version, last designer in the chain in, in a way. And so um, before it goes to print or wherever it's going. So she can accomplish so much and I'm accomplishing a lot, but it just doesn't look very good on paper. And I think that's a huge right. difference, you know, between, you know, our, our workflows, even within communications, much less, you know, looking at what a pastor does, you know, sometimes you go, I haven't seen this pastor all day. He hasn't even been in the office. Where is that guy? Mm-hmm. You know, well, he's had two, he's had a lunch. He's had a meeting, you know, he's gone and, and right. tried to, you know, get us, get some donors, get some money to the church, you know, who knows what he's doing, but he's working, yeah. you know, and wants to be, wants to have that considered work, you know, and, and wants to be thought of in a positive way, like you're, they're down there working. 
So um, in the same way, we misunderstand a pastor's, you know, task list. I think ours is misunderstood as well. You know, you just don't. Yeah. So I think from a pastor's perspective, being able to say, how long does that take? You know, how much time does that take? You know, how many, how many, how long does it take you to clip three sections out of Sunday's message and prep them for social media? How long does it take you to publish our podcast? How long does it take you to design that graphic and kind of create some, some standards and, and expectations that way? Like I had somebody come to me who said, you know, we have a guest speaker on Sunday and they've been at our church multiple times before. Uh, I spoke with somebody this afternoon who has never heard of them before, it would be great if we could get some clips together um, so that they're familiar with them by Sunday. And this was Friday afternoon at two o'clock. So their process thought was I could go through the archives, find some two or three minute clips, edit them, put them on Facebook, schedule them out over the next two or three days. And I just said, it's a great idea and I wish I'd thought of it, but it's too late. Right. And they were, they were blown away that, you know, three, three minute videos was going to take me more than two hours. It's not like they just exist in the form you want them out there. Somewhere you'd have to find them. It's not like uh, you have to go and make that stuff. Yeah. And on the church communication side, (laughs) right. On the church communication side, find ways to build yourself a library of swipe files. Right. So if you have a guest who comes and and speaks and you clip up their message into three or four clips and put them on social media for the next week, then um, put that in a Dropbox folder or a Google Docs folder in their name so that next Mm -hmm. time they come to speak, you already have an archive. Right. So there are some ways that we can kind of speed up the process on on our own end and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, buy us some more time for probably more creative stuff. Yeah. That, that's some great takeaways for this, for how long does it really take? Let's go to number four. How much energy does that take? Uh, right. Said, this is a completely different conversation. Completely different deal. You said something in there I thought was really great. It's not uncommon for a create, church creative to be tired and exhausted by 2 or 3 p.m. And I was like, oh, my God. I think I read this about 2 o'clock p.m. in the afternoon. I'm like, yep, I'm tired now. And it's like I've, my, my head hurts. <laughs> I was just like making stuff. It wears me out. So talk a little bit about yeah. this one. Well, I, I think that, you know, again, the thought that we're not robots, right? So mm-hmm. what takes us an hour at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock, um, AM or PM, depending on if you're a night owl or not, is not necessarily what takes an hour at two o'clock, right? Like right. a really important brainstorming session, probably not great for two thirty unless we've Ooh. had lots of Slurpees and coffee. <laughs> Right. So, <laughs> you know, the other thing is having a conversation about when are you most creative? So for me, I'm most creative between 9 p.m. and midnight. And so I might not come into the office till 11, but it's not because I'm lazy or a slacker. It's because I cranked out three projects last night at 9 p.m. That would have taken me, you know, four hours or five hours, maybe all day if I had to start at 9 a.m. after being up till, you know, midnight or one or two and right. start at 9 a.m. and work till three. So I was actually more productive. You, you actually are, we're getting a lot more end result if I work during my most creative time and then like sleep in for a couple hours in the morning. Yeah. And, and the issue of office time is, is a struggle because there is a, there is an optic side of that, you know, being seen sure. at the office, being seen as a 
contributor. Same way if you are a communication director like like I am, I don't work on the weekends. So sometimes I worry that, you know, not being seen on the weekends at services working somewhere, even though I am doing social and other things like that, um, sure. is I worry that people think I'm not part of the team, you know, or something. So there's an optic side of that that we have to be aware of as well. But you said something in this, in this section that I, I want to quote that I thought this sums it up and is a really clever analogy that you made. It says, consider a creative day like a boxing match. A punch is a punch, but that doesn't mean that round five has the same level of sustained energy as round one. Right. I thought that was incredible. By round five, you're tired. Your punches don't hit as hard. You know, you're, you don't have the energy you used to have. But at round one, you're slugging it, and you're trying to end it right there with the one punch. Mike Tyson, you're done. Uh, and, uh, and, and so that's, I thought that was an incredible uh, way to put that, uh, of what this means. How much energy does it really take right. to be creative? So awesome. Tell us how can we can how can we help bridge the gap communications with pastors on on this one? Well, I think you have to have real life conversations about when you're most creative, mm-hmm. and um, and position it like I want to give my best to the team. For me, that's yeah. seven a.m. till ten a.m. Or for me, that's eight p.m. till ten p.m. Um, and figure out how you can contribute your best to the team in that way, right? So maybe right. your best is 7 a.m. till 10 a.m. God bless you. That's not me. But <laughs> maybe it is. That's not and so, <laughs> you know, I don't think that's a lot of us. But let's say fictitiously it is. So maybe that means by 2 o'clock you're ready to go home, right? Like you've given your best to the team. And that doesn't mean if there's a 4 p.m. meeting that you get to skip out. Um, and it, you know, it doesn't mean that sometimes you have to work extra hours or you, you can't always work the hours your best. But generally speaking, have a conversation with your leadership about like, here's where I do my best work. Here's when I do my best work. What's the yeah. best way for me to give that time? Like maybe a laptop is better equipment than a desktop because mm-hmm. I can take it home and work on my couch at 9 p.m. Right. Whereas if I have a desktop, then, you know, I have to cut into family time to be, you know, driving to the church to sit at the desk or, you know, I don't get to work during my best creative hours. I end up playing Angry Birds when I should be most creative or whatever that looks like. So I think a conversation about what is the best way to accomplish what I need to. And I think on the pastor's side, my encouragement would be to focus on the end result and not the schedule that it takes to get there. So if you have goals in mind and it takes your communications team 36 hours this week to get to those goals, then that should be considered a win. Um, Because next week it might take 48 hours, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if you want to play the game about is your bum warming the seat from nine till five, then you don't get to ask a favor when you need the communications department to put in 44 hours at some point, right? Right. Because you've created robots who check in and check out. Mm -hmm. And also if their most creative time is let's say 9 PM till 12 PM of 12 midnight, then you're also not getting their best work. So I would really encourage leaders to reconsider. Are you most interested in, 
you know, line work basically where people are sitting at a certain spot for a certain number of hours, or are you most interested in the end result? Right. And sometimes that takes fewer hours and sometimes that takes more hours, and I think, but we get that. Yeah. I think that there's you know, a, a, a parallel in the freelancing world. We talk about you're being paid for the work, not the time, uh, because as you get better at what you do, it takes less time to do it. And so if right. you're only charging by time, you're actually making less money because you're getting better. So you're punishing yourself. And so the, the, the freelancers that are really, really good don't really charge by the hour. They charge by the product. And so sure. in the same way, we're asking like to start looking at what communication people do as, as not products, but just in that sense of like, we're not, we're not being paid by the hour we have a salary or maybe you are being paid by the hour, but um, to think of it as like, even if your, your salary is based on hours that you allow that freedom to choose those hours so that your product is actually the primary priority right? Um, to, to the church. So that's, that's a good conversation to have. I really like that. All right, everybody. I want to say thanks for listening to this half of the conversation with Adam. We'll be back soon with the second half. So look for that. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss it. And uh, thanks for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. See you.